Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 154 four of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. This is Mark Stevenson. And this is Mark Vila, and today we're here to talk about how to start an embroidery business. That's a that's a good that's a great topic. Yeah, I love it, and uh, it this is what is what we do. So if this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast, a couple things I like. You know, for one, um, Mark and I are we're, we work in marketing for Coldesi. And uh, the and Coldesi is in the embroidery business as far as equipment and supplies and thread and and blank shirts and hats and all that stuff. So we have a lot of customers with this experience, and we've also put this together. That hopefully you found this because you went on Google and you searched how to start an embroidery business, and yeah. you ran into our podcast and thought this was a great start. That is one hundred percent how we pick the titles to all of our podcasts. <laughs> so what are people searching for? Let's do that. Yeah. So so here's a, here, hopefully you found us on Google and maybe this is the first time and um, you know take our word that we're experts in this stuff because we're going to dive deep into this. So kind of strap in, buckle down. We're gonna ask some hard questions. You're gonna have to do. You're going to have to, not everything is going to be super fun when you put this together. <laughs> right. You may need, you may need at some point, you're going to need a pad and a paper or to listen to this again. Right? Absolutely. But if you do it, if you listen to this and you really want to start a business and you want it to be successful, then these are the things that we know our successful customers do. Yeah. These are things, this is, and it's not just about the embroidery business. It's really any customized customization. Yeah. Because I mean, right? because that's, that's cold SE, right? We're direct to mm. garment printers and cutters and bling machines and white toner printers. We do all of that stuff. So everything that you learn here, at least 99% of it will apply to, um, to those other businesses as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, I, go ahead. I did want to point out that um, one of the reasons that inspired me to look at this topic in general was because I got an email and a link to someone else's um, like steps to starting an embroidery business article. Um, and it was all wrong. It, it was, it was, it was actually the, the opposite of the way that we would suggest that you start your embroidery business, you know, steps going in the other direction. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of how to start an embroidery business inverted to the way everyone else does. And yeah. And, and the reason, the why, why we say this is because in our experience um, in talking to folks and reading guides, like what you mentioned and everything, uh, everything like that, everyone wants to do, you want to do the fun stuff first. So what do you do is you, um, you go buy an embroidery machine or you go to your local craft store and you say, do they have classes? What machines do they sell? How much do they cost? I'm going to buy one. Yeah. Um, which is cool now because now you want a piece of equipment and now you have to figure out how to pay for it. Right. But uh, If you do some other steps, uh, for one, you might have chosen a different piece of equipment. And yeah. also, like, you're in the right direction. You know what you're trying to do, how you're going to do it versus um, just jumping in in the other way. When you jump in the other way, 
Um, like you said, kind of ours is the inverted way. If you jump in the way a lot of people think about and jump in just the fun stuff first, you're getting stressed as you go along. The amount of okay. stress increases, right? So you have an embroidery machine. Now I got to pay for it. Let me sell some embroidery. I made a sale. I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to get this. I don't know what to do with this. And now you are, now you're super stressed and you, the fun is sucked out of it and you give up. And uh, like, honestly, what, what Mark Vila just described is why, uh, you know, most of these kinds of guides and everything, what we're going to talk about today, um, they're put out by companies that sell embroidery machines, right? Like we do, you know, mm -hmm. like we sell embroidery machines. So you would think that being self-serving, that the first thing we would say that you should do is, hey, can't do anything without an embroidery machine. Let me help you pick one. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but that's, that's not the case because we do get so many phone calls. Um, you know, people will buy any piece of equipment. They'll even learn how to use it from us. And then we'll get the phone call or there'll be a comment in the Facebook group or something like, how do I get business? Because just the act of owning an embroidery machine and having an idea is not a business plan. There's a lot more that goes into it to make sure that the product that you pick is going to be profitable enough, that you have a, you have a, a market that you can sell to, that you know what you're doing and you have a plan for this and that, which is why we're going to go through all this stuff with you right now before we tell you to buy an Avanza. <laughs> and well, and I think that's great. And actually, I, I do find this stuff to be a lot of fun and very interesting. And uh, in my personal opinion, it really skyrockets to the confidence people have in their businesses. So if anyone's watched like uh, Shark Tank or any of these TV shows or read books, I, I don't really watch Shark Tank, but I read books. And when you read books about a lot of people who have started a successful business and what they've done is they have all of this laid out in a way. They knew yeah. they could sell it. They knew they could make it. They knew they could make money. And they're so confident they are going to make it happen because it's obvious, right? It's so obvious that you're going to make it happen. And I think that drives success. So part of, by the end of this podcast, you should be prepped to be really confident in starting your embroidery business. And this way, when you want to maybe borrow money from somebody or uh, invest in yourself, you know, by, by taking a loan out or a lease or something like that, it's not scary anymore because you, you really know it's going to work or and your confidence level is very high that it's going to work. Yeah, I love that. So, um, so here are our inverted steps on how to start an embroidery business. Um, right. Okay. Go into it. You yeah, start. So uh, first of all, you've got to figure out exactly, um, exactly what you're going to sell. You probably have an idea when you conceived of the idea of the business it wasn't just to do, I'll embroider anything. It was probably inspired by something in particular, like um, you were making Christmas gifts for friends mm -hmm. and you were doing a bunch of embroidery and you looked on Etsy and they were selling them for big bucks. So you decided you could do that yourself. Or your, uh, or your friend find out you found out you did embroidery at home and they wanted a monogram on a shirt or a pillow. Um, or even maybe your your spouse is in a company that is spending you know thousands of dollars every year on polos or hats, and you decided that was seems like a good business for you to get into. 
Yeah, a lot of folks are hobbyists that they've been doing this or they they learned from uh you know their mom or dad or aunt or uncle had to do embroidery and sewing and they've been doing it as a hobby and they figured maybe i can make some money and not have this job that i really don't like yeah and have something that i love to do that so i'm, I'm doing something that's fun and love and and i love and it's full of artistry so so your inspiration comes from um an internal passion of wanting to yeah. do the embroidery, you know, which and I'd I think- say that's even a little unique to embroidery businesses because not that many people, you know, do, um, you know, make t-shirts at home, mm-hmm. you know, before they get into the t-shirt business. Yeah. You know, it happens a little bit. Not a lot of people do UV printing at home. Yeah. Before they just <laughs> okay. do that professionally. That's, you make a really good point that that embroidery is an art that people do for fun. Um, and some of those people, turn it into a business. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that can be, it can be really cool for you if you're that type of person too. Um, and, uh, and I've talked to a lot, I, used, I sold embroidery machines for many years. So I've heard all the different stories and mm-hmm. um, some of the folks, um, their kids are in sports or in, or in a school or something like that. And getting the embroidery work done is frustrating. The place yeah. that does, it's really far away. It's really overpriced. Um, the quality is really low. So you might just be somebody who sees a business opportunity Yeah, that you're like, okay, the competition's low. The price is really high. The quality is low. There's a high demand for it. This is a business. Yeah. You know? And it, even if you don't have something specific in mind and you just like embroidering things, or you have never sewn or embroidered before, and but you are drawn to that as a potential opportunity because you see so much mm-hmm. of it out in the marketplace. I agree. Um, you know, there's still, you've still got to kind of pick a product. Embroidery is not a product that you're going to sell. The product that you're going to sell are embroidered shirts or polos. It's letterman jackets, you know, or embroidered uh, athletic wear. It's gifts or keepsakes or wedding favors, or maybe even um, baby stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got customers who do nothing but horse blankets and others who do no- nothing but motorcycle patches. Yep. You know, so all of that is embroidery, but very few of those have anything to do with each other. Yeah, absolutely. We have, we have so many customers that, that span everything that you just said. And many of them that we talk to that are successful are doing just a handful of these things or a very niche group of people or a very niche product. So I think that, um, as we, as we're starting your list of how to start an embroidery business, the question to ask, you know, what do you want to sell or make? Yeah, these are things you write down and they can be all everything that we just said, whether it's something out of inspiration or you see a business opportunity in your area um, or something you really like or you're passionate about or, you know, a lot of people that might buy or you're involved in groups of people that might buy. But write down your list of things that you would make or sell. Yeah. And I think, um, Mark, I think we did a uh, an article years ago, Mm. 35 things that you can make. Oh, yeah with an embroidery machine. I'll try to link to that uh, in the podcast episode if I can find it. Okay. So if, if you're <laughs> coming up with just one thing, you know, maybe check that out. Yeah, for sure. So, so try to think of things and, and they, it again, just to kind of repeat it, it spans the universe of ideas. Yeah. It's urban, urban hip hop style hats to uh, cowboy country music hats, you yeah. know, to, to pop culture monogram, dresses. It spans so, so it's 
it's funny, you know, we want you to be both specific and flexible. Sure. Okay. Right. Because, because um, you just listed uh, making embroidered hats, mm-hmm. but the markets and the people you sell to are completely different. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, if you have this idea, like you have an, um, a, an unwavering passion for making corporate logoed polos. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, I want you to be flexible because we're going to do some math. Mm-hmm. And you may find out that this thing that you really want to do is not profitable enough for you to do. Yep. So you might have to go a little bit to the right or to the left. This is kind of where you start to draw the division between a hobby and a business. You know, so if you just want to f- feed your hobby, then um, stop listening now. <laughs> well, I would say this. I would say write down the things that you want to do to start because yeah, this yeah. is not a linear line where you end up at a business where you're successful. It's a circle or a swirl or it's a, a letter tree. G. It's, a, it's letter a letter G. It's a tree. So whatever it might be, it's a circle of life on this. So you're going to write down, um, you know, hip hop inspired hats. And you're going to, and you're going to end up with hip hop inspired hats and apparel for small local businesses that are related to that market. So it might be stores that sell apparel like that. And it might be uh, companies that are in music production and, and all the different things like that. So you're going to start with one and you're going to end up with more, but you're not going to know what that is till you start with one and you go down the list. So what's next of, after well, that, that actually is what's next. That's, okay. a, that's what's next. Once you find out the, the one product or the few products that you really want to sell, the next thing is to figure out who specifically you're going to sell it to. So, um, for example, you know, because you're going to make a lot of decisions coming up based on who you're going to sell stuff to. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty much the rest of your business. Um, so once you have a product picked out or two, then, you know, you've got to look at the idea that if you're going to make corporate polos, custom hats for companies that, you know, a company that buys that, buys those are going to want something very different than a high school that's ordering a letterman's jacket. You know, so if you want to make wedding favors, you know, you're not going to necessarily be prospecting to expectant moms, you might be, um, but you're going to be, you know, it's going to be wedding venues, it's going to be, um, places that sell wedding dresses and caterers. If you choose, you know, something like gifts and keepsakes, it may be uh, corporate gifts, or it may be something that you specialize around Christmas times for grandparents to buy their grandkids. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of different, you know, in marketing speak, it's avatars or personas, but just in general, you know, once you figure out what you're going to sell, you really do have to detail who you're going to sell it to. Okay. So, so we're talking about that you're uh, you, potentially you've saw a market to sell custom logo uh, polos and, and things of that nature. So you consider now, who would I sell it to? Right. Yes. Um, so questions you would ask are, are, is this local or is this on the internet? Um, if it's local, and then we'll just go down one line. If it's local, okay, who would buy these shirts locally from you? Okay, well, insurance companies, mortgage companies, 
uh, you know, anything in the housing industry, they probably are all interested in that maybe medical facilities, you know, staff for medical where that's maybe, maybe not, maybe scrubs now falls into this uniforms because you're thinking polos, but now you're thinking that. So maybe you have medical community, um, store owners, you know, that own retail stores, restaurant owners, you list all of these things that have to do with that. And maybe you scratch some of those off. You now I don't want to get into the medical community because I don't want to, um, I'm not thinking scrubs and things like that. I want to do stuff more fun, not, you know, not, not simple logos. I want to, I want to do artistry for businesses or I'm going to scratch yeah. off the medical stuff, but I'm going to focus on small businesses. All right. Well, the mortgage company is still the small business, the local broker, you know, the restaurant, that's still a small business. I can help them design logos. You write all this out. And now you have a, you have what you want to make and you have a list of people that you can sell to, whether those people are businesses, which I would say business owners or people within a business who make a decision. Um, or they could be individuals when you mentioned monograms earlier. Okay. Yep. Well, I'm going to do monograms on purses and hats and baby clothes. Okay. So who am I going to sell to? I'm going to sell to newlyweds. I may do local or online local. Okay. Local newlyweds, local people who are new moms, um, you know, and, and you start going down the lines, you know, I can, I yeah. can talk to people at this women's club, you know, uh, different things like that. And I think that, I think that this, this has got to be a long list, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, if you have an idea because you're, you're going to want to vet these, these choices later, you're going to go through an exercise based on who you choose. So if you, if you decide on logo wear for businesses and uniforms, and the only people on your list are local plumbers, I mean, that's fine. How many local plumbers are there is going to be a question down the road. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you really want to like think hard about this, look at what you've decided that you're going to make. And if it's local or if it's online, put down the people that you think are going to buy it. Like, who are you making this stuff for? And don't just make two. The longer the list is, the happier you're going to be when you when you start trying to sell stuff and you, yeah, and you start scratching names off, you'll be glad that there's a lot more left over. Uh, absolutely. When I like to make, when I make lists for things, whatever it is, um, I try to write down everything that might comes to my brain. So I try to, I like word cloud it, you know, just okay. keep adding and adding and adding just free, free writing, free thought. And as you start writing down more things, new ideas, the last idea, gives birth to the idea next and so on and so forth. And then you can come up with 40, 30, 40 things and you write them all down and just start scratching off the ones that you didn't really, I knew that was a bad idea. I just wrote it down anyway, you know, um, but yeah. then get a nice long list of who uh, people slash companies you'll sell to. Um, yeah. So now we've got that. Where, where are we moving on to next? So, um, to probably what they will. So yeah, I was just trying to figure out the right way to the right way to say that. So, so now that you have imagined who is going to buy your products, Mm -hmm. you know what your product is going to be product or products. You have an idea of, um, of who's going to buy them. Now you've got a kind of, and could be the most important thing that you've done so far. Mm -hmm. You've got to figure out um, what they'll pay for it. What they'll pay for it. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, this is product research. Yeah. On what do, what do these things sell for? Yeah. And um, this is, this I think is where it really gets confusing 
and hard because you're going to find out that a monogram sells for $4 and $400. Right. Right. In your, in your scope of search. Right. And, and you're going to see lots of things all over the place and you're going to hear words like I would never pay this much money for it. Or, and you're going to hear the other side of that. I don't even I'm not interested in buying cheap stuff. So it's, you're going to have to really, I think you do kind of like got to dig deep and understand all the different facets. Don't just, not just what your two sisters and your neighbor next door say. And, and really that, that's what I, that's what I wanted to say is um, you've got to come to grips with the idea that this has nothing to do with what you would pay. Correct. Right. I mean, that's you're, true. you're, you're going to be prejudiced in one way or the other. You've got to go back to those people that, you know, okay, so it's a service company polos. What would you pay for a service company polos? Do you buy 50 at a time? Probably not. What would mm-hmm. a local company that buys 20 to 50 polos at a time pay? Yeah, and, and I think this whole thing is is there's a, there's a lot of market research in this in this too. So it gets a little I, I don't want to us to tangent off but it but we probably have to a little bit as we get into it right yeah um so you you asked a question before that is something that we've said a lot and i've thought about this is you said what would you pay for this which i like that question but the question i like sometimes more is what did you pay for that okay so if you said what would you pay for a monogram tote bag uh twenty dollars okay do you own any now? Yeah, I own like three. Oh, can I see them? Yeah, okay. What did you pay for these? And then all of a sudden you're, oh, 60, 35, 80. 35, 80. You know, you're going to hear different answers or you might hear less. 15, yeah. 12, 10. Why, you said you'd pay 20. None of these were good. I would right. have paid more to get a better one, which is why I had to get them out of my closet. I didn't have it on me. That's no, fair. So the, these are things like to consider, like, so what would they pay and what have they paid are important. Yeah. Um, and, and if you, if you've got a, if you've got a customer, like, I love the idea that you said, you know, of, of asking a friend or someone that you know, that fits the demographic of the people that you're going to sell to. Yeah. They're important to ask. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to ask your sister what she would pay for a logoed polo unless she purchases them for work. You know, but if you plan on doing some cool embroidered aprons for a hair salon, mm-hmm. you could go buy hair salons and just ask them. People will answer questions because um, really, even though it doesn't feel like it, you know, some people might say that people aren't friendly or people will, will, don't want to give up their information or whatever you want to say and doing market research. Really, when you're doing market research, most people are friendly. Most people will answer yeah. questions you ask and a handful of people won't and you just skip over them. So yeah. if you go to if you're considered like the hair salon and doing all the apparel they have, if you go there and you just literally say, I'm hi, you don't know me. I'm thinking about starting an embroidery business. I'm not here to sell you anything. I would, I'm really, I'm trying to do market research and you can help me start a business. Um, what, can you do, can you just answer a couple of questions? Like what would you guys pay? What'd you pay for those aprons? Yeah. You'll be surprised and people, Oh, I, I, how much, how much should we pay for them? 30, you know, and, and people are going to think it's cool that you came to them 
to ask questions, they'll answer these things for you. Yeah, and you've got a you've got a built-in future customer that way, Frank. Yeah, yeah. You can also do you can also do a bunch of this online. When Mark and I do our ROIs on vinyl t-shirts or on DTG or white toner printer transfer t-shirts or something like that, um, what we'll normally do is we'll go online and Google search for um, those end result products for sale. So if you do monogrammed pillows and you're going to do, let's say you're going to specialize in huge monogrammed dog pillows, you know, maybe you go to Etsy and you see if there are any that, there that are available and you see what the price range is. Yeah, 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 definitely. Go to Etsy, go to eBay, Google search it, search your area, a city yeah. by you or where people might buy it or pretend you're going to buy it. Like, and really, really pretend like you're going to buy it. You know, don't just do research and find a price, but but say, would I buy that? Would I buy from that company? Why wouldn't I? And consider it. And and it's not always about you, but it, it, these are all exercises. They all yeah. add up to a sum. And, it, and it's important to, to make sure that you're looking at something custom as opposed yes. to, because you're, you're, unless you're going to develop your own product, like you're only going to put these phrases on these pillows and then you're going to sell them, then it's fair to look at, at something that's equally standardized. But if you're going to do, if you're going to put custom logos or company logos on something, you're going to do uh, custom monograms for people specifically that's that's a more expensive sale than if someone has a thousand of this phrase made, you know, in a factory somewhere and then offers them for sale. on Amazon. Yes, that you're absolutely right. So if you're um, if you're going to make like army mom hats, you can buy a, a hat that just says army mom that's been made in a factory. Yeah. On, on machines that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and make up. 150 hats at once you're not going to compete in that market now unless you're doing something very very specific or more artsy or more custom so these are things to consider um so maybe you are interested in making kind of that army mom type of apparel and you want to sell some simple stuff you know or some pre-made stuff but look at some of that pre-made market and understand okay well i might compete with amazon sometimes yeah you know and then what does that look like so um, this is part of the research. Uh, then you realize, well, oh, okay, if I put something more specific, like a family name or something like that on the hat, now how much would that cost? Does right. that change? Um, does that change what you want to sell? Well, I mean, right, it's now, still it's it's still the same question. It's still the yeah, same question. Still the same question. Right? We're left with what do you want to sell or make? We're left with who are your customers going to be, and you're left with. Um, what will your customers typically pay for something that you're going to offer? Yeah. And this is, I don't think this is something that do this over time, right? Yeah. So like do ask people, think about it, sleep on it, do it again, spend a little bit every day, you know, doing this. Don't waste too, don't waste, don't take forever, but make sure you do research. And what I found recently that happened was I took some shirts. We have vapor apparel shirts. Yeah. And, uh, I brought and I said, how much, how much do you pay for these when you buy them? I asked somebody because uh, they get their logo put on them. Uh, like 25 bucks. And how much do you pay for the art? Uh, probably 25 or 50 bucks. All right. All right. Cool. Thanks. And I'm just doing market research. Yeah. He comes back to my office like 10 minutes later. And he said, I went on to the company that I buy them from. 
um, they're between 30 and 40 and it costs a hundred for the art. Right. There so you go. he took it upon himself to actually look it up because yeah, he didn't remember, crazy. but, it, but that is a little bit of that perceived diverse reality. So try to do your best to understand that. Um, uh, go ask, survey people in Facebook groups, survey people in clubs. You might be a member of, um, try to find people that might buy it. This could be your friends or neighbors. Um, stop in businesses and ask them, call businesses on the phone and ask them. Um, join a group, if you can, on Facebook and ask them if 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 the group rules will allow you to do that. That can be trickier said than done, but you might be able to do that as well. Yeah, we don't want um, you to, we don't, we don't want you to stop at this process, right? We don't, we don't want you to make this the, the point of your business, but it is super important that you have a very clear idea on, um, on what your products will sell for because we're about to do math. Yes. And, and the other thing about it is, 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 um, is you can, you get to consider the high and low of this, right? So right. you get to say, well, how much do custom monogram hats, how much are people buying them for? All right, people are saying they're buying them for like 20 something bucks. Okay, cool. Um, what's the quality of the one they're buying? Because there's degrees yeah. of quality. So now you can consider that as well. And then you can consider, I want to sell higher quality ones. Or I think that all these people are spending $30 for them. They want a, they want a lesser expensive solution. Yeah. So I can sell a cheaper one that's a little bit lower quality because they don't care as much. So, so you balance that. And I, so, I always so, say go and, for the higher end, but and this is where and this is where that next question comes in is is what will it cost you to make and sell these things, or how much can you make on these individual items that you're going to um, decorate or customize for resale? Perfect. You've got to so. know that potential sales number to begin with. So um, that breaks down into kind of uh, how much does the item that you're going to embroider on cost. Mm -hmm. So if I ask you, Mark Vila, how much does a blank t-shirt, wholesale t-shirt cost on Coleman and Company? What would you say? Uh, two to two to six bucks-ish. Two, two to, to eight, six bucks, okay. Bucks. I mean, yeah. I've seen them as high as 14. Yeah, 14. I mean, it depends. Yeah, again, you know, it's like, it's a super generic word. How, how much is a t-shirt, right? Yeah, and, that, and, that's, um, and that's, the, that's the point, right? Yeah. So you've got, because you've done your... You've done what you want to, you know, you've figured out what your product is going to be, what you want to sell, who you're going to sell it to. You've gotten some sample pricing. Now you should know that your market wants, um, you know, a quick, cheap embroidery. They want low cost polos. They're price sensitive. You know, they don't want to spend a lot of money or, you know, you, you realize that the embroidered doilies that you wanted to, to make you know, um, don't only sell for $8. So now you've got to go back in and you find out how much does a blank item cost? Um, because this is where the, this is where things start to change and starts to get cut and, and altered. Mm -hmm. yep. You and, had envisioned selling these high-end polos, but everyone that you talked to in the customers that you imagined and picked um, will only spend $12 for a polo, no matter what you do to it. You've got to go back up to the top because you've identified that, well, the polo that I need to sell them is $10. I'm not going to work for two bucks and sell it to them for 12. Yeah. And it's well, better and to do all this now than before you get your Yes, because you continue that, that this is the circular nature of that. 
Yeah. Right. So you talk to folks about, well, how much would you pay for stuff? Right. And, and there's a lot of interesting perception when it comes to this. Right. Um, because you consider how much would somebody pay for a custom embroidered polo, right? And they may only be thinking in the world of experience they have and own, right? So they bought some that were cheap, didn't last long. They bought another set, didn't last long. They went to Walmart and bought polos and had those embroidered. They didn't last long. Every single time they spent like 12 bucks on these polos and none of them were that good. And they had to replace them often. And the collars were doing this and all this stuff. They were not happy. Why would they spend more than $12 for that? Yeah, that's their world. So another consideration is you go online and you see, wait a minute, I can buy wholesale, um, really high end quality polos. Like I can buy a $25 wholesale polo. So then you can go back a little bit in that market research and say, Hey, you mentioned $12. Let me just ask you this. What if it was really nice and lasted you like years? Yeah. Pay more. Like the collar, like look at your collar. You talk to the guy and he looks like, you know, this, if you're on camera, you know, looks like he's got bacon and, and stuff wrapped around his neck. (laughs) <laughs> what if the collar didn't look like that? Would you pay more if yeah, it yeah. lasted you? Like you only had to buy them like once every couple of years. You might hear some different answers there. You might, yeah, I would pay more for that. I would love, yeah. yeah I mean, this is annoying because I had to iron these every morning. It's silly. You know, and you get That's them great. thinking. So. That's a great example. Is that why all my polos do that? Um, <laughs> but I really, but I really want you to finish the, the math exercise for each one of these products before you go back and make changes. So I want you to identify like, here's what the retail price is. Um, here's what I found that I can, or that what my customers may pay. Here's what I can buy the blanks for. And then I want you to estimate or get an estimate of how long it will take to make that. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you made, if you could sell something for um, $50 and pay $10 for it, but you could only make one a day because it took so long that's not that's not good profit. It may mm-hmm. look really good, but you've got to put the time factor in there. So you know you've got to look at um, what you can sell something for, how much the blank item is going to cost for you to decorate, and how long it takes for you to decorate it. Because if you're a side hustler, like so many of our clients are, you know you've got a couple of hours at night, maybe half a half a day on on each Saturday or Sunday or whatever you're going to devote to it. This is this is the math. If you sell something for, for $25 and it costs you $12 to make in material, it's 13 bucks for that one item. If I can make five an hour, it's a $65 profit. Yeah, okay, in an hour. Right? And, that's, so, and then at that point in time, you're, you're in a world where you say, well, the job I have, I make 22. Yes. So this- but you're, you're, you're you know. also, yeah, you're also in a place where, okay, well, $25 an hour, um, the blank cost me $18 blank and materials, and then it's going to take me 30 minutes to do each. So I end up making five bucks a shirt. I can do two of those an hour. It's $10. You know, this, this isn't going to work. So now you go back up to, do I need to make a product choice? Mm-hmm. Do I need to change like you were describing? Do I need to change who I sell this to? Yeah, or, or, or check the perception on who you're selling to, to see if they're willing to pay for something different. That Yeah, costs. you're going to go back to that pricing research, right? Yeah. You're going to go back to that and say, okay, 
I didn't notice when I was talking to my friends that all those bags that she showed me were crappy. Yeah. You know, she, she, she bought them all from a, from a flea market. Somebody got them from China, you know, or something like that, you know, where, you know, it could be that maybe somebody else that you talk to, they get only high end custom stuff. They pay 200 bucks for that. Yeah. So it's definitely a bit of a dance back and forth as you're going through this cycle of all the different products, but at the end, you should feel pretty good uh, because you've said you've identified some things, you know. Um, and by the way, I think this is the stage where it's probably really good to talk to one of the uh, pros at Coldesi. Yeah, because you're going to you're asked, Mark, you answer, asked a lot of things. Well, how long would it take to make that? How much would it cost to make that? And and some of this research you can do on your own. Um, but folks, the people who um who are the salespeople that sell the Avance machines uh, at Coldesi, they've been asked all this stuff 10,000 times. Yeah. How long does it take to sew out a logo? And they can talk to you about some of these things. Well, it depends on how big the logo is, but let's talk about some examples. Or they might say, you know, one thing to consider is you're going to be able to make maybe 10 of these logos that you just mentioned in an hour, but the embroidery machine is doing most of the work. So that's what's great about embroidery is that, you're while you're doing that you're also calling customers to make more sales and so they're they're going to talk to you about what this experience is like which is um part of the understanding of how long it takes how much is it going to cost you to make things like that yeah that's a great about i mean honestly i'm just going to plug us that's a great thing about talking to any of the account managers at coldesi is um they all have a clue Mm -hmm. you know they're they're all professionals they all know what they're doing. They've all talked to thousands of people like you. We've helped probably 40, 45,000 people start businesses at this at this point. Uh, Mark Veal and I, this is the 154th hour of small business and marketing advice we've, we've done in the podcast. So you've got some experienced people that you can pull on, that you can get information from that, that won't like, you know, they won't aggressively try to get you to buy something today. Yeah. Yeah. There there are a lot of people who are serious about this business um, that they're not out there, um, you know, chasing people in car lots to to sell a car salesperson, you know, um, they're talking, they're, they're talking to a lots of people who have questions doing research and a lot of people get those questions answered. And then they move down the line and the people who are serious, who really consider it, who really put the effort into it, they, they already know their answer of, of what they want to invest in. And then yeah. our team helps to put them in the right direction and all that. So um, it's yeah. having that resource by your side is, is pretty nice because so, this, so this there's, some, the hard, there's some, there's some numbers. Yeah. So there's some numbers that we've arrived at that you need to know. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you need to have an idea of what you're going to make per garment, how long it takes or item how long it takes you to make. And you need to go back through that process if those numbers don't work for you. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's okay to have flexibility on this, right? Yeah, to of course. Say, like, I'm going to sell hats. I think that there's a market for a $15 hat. I think there's a market for a $40 hat. I've talked to different people who are interested in this. There were less people interested in a $40 hat. But again, I would have to make less. So I can yeah. make more per hour. So, so, and I'm going to try both when I get into this business, I'm going to see which one of these markets um, takes off more for me. And maybe they both kind of go equal because we sell um, wholesale shirts that are $2. Mm-hmm. 
and wholesale shirts that are 14, like you mentioned, and both of them sell. And our number one and number two most popular shirt that we sell for t-shirts, at least, um, the number one is is definitely not the cheapest shirt. It's yeah. one of the better quality shirts. And the number two is probably one of the cheaper shirts and vice versa. You know, about, it, it depends, I think, on quantity okay. and dollars depending on what you're asking. Right. Right. But, um, so both of these exist and both of them are important to potentially to your business. So I think, uh, have options is maybe the point I'm trying to make when so you're going one, to business. The, the, the next step after you, after you get all that worked out, cause you do have to come to some kind of a decision eventually. Yep, exactly. Right? It's not, it's not all options to, and it's not all research. Don't yeah. spend your whole life doing this. Go through it three times maybe, and then pick something. Mm-hmm. And then um, now you're about to move out because you know how much money you can make. Mm-hmm. Now you're now you need to move on and rough out a sales and marketing plan um, to actually sell this stuff. Because what you don't want to end up with is like too many people that we talk to. I got the printer, I got the embroidery machine, um, I got the cutter, and I make great stuff. I keep staring at the phone and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. You know, or um, I I made a Facebook page and no one's buying from me. And that's because you didn't do all these things in advance, right? So you need to know, like, what are you going to do to sell the product? Yes. And we have a lot of podcast episodes that talk just about this. And it's, and uh, I'm always pushing to make more episodes about just this section because it is so important. And um, so many people, this is, this is a, this can be a failure point. Yeah, Sell, yeah. Like selling and marketing is where you're, if you don't get any of that done, then none of the other stuff matters. So it's an important failure point. If you can get a hold of this really well. So, um, you know, you know who you're going to sell to and you know what you're going to sell them. Right. Cause you just did that. So how are you going to do it? Yeah. So is it, you know, and there are a few options and, and one of them yeah. is you're going to use personal outreach. It's going to be word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is probably the laziest answer okay. <laughs> that you can come up with. I mean, it really is. It, it is the most true for about 90% of our customers. Most people just um, run their business from word of mouth. Now, I'll also say that not most of the really successful people run their business only from word of mouth. They do other things too. Yeah, they'll, they'll do other things yeah. too. Word of mouth is very important. It's part of everything, but you know, you can't, if you are going to rely on um, a word of mouth, you've got to have a strong circle of acquaintances. You've got to have people that you know or already do business with. You have to belong to big groups. You have to be not afraid of telling everyone mm-hmm. exactly what you do. Well, uh, word of mouth sales is um is 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 the is the cliche snowball effect one customer will refer you another and maybe another now you went from one to three and then those people will refer you a couple piece so you went from one to three to now you have 10 customers and then you have 20 however it's it doesn't work that simple right it works one or very fast or or fast it's a slow thing when you have a sales and marketing plan the referral business will still come. But now you've got five, eight, 10 snowballs that you're rolling at once. 
That's a good analogy. You continue to roll all of them. And then now the total amount of snow that you've got is much larger than the person who just said, I'm going to get one customer and then wait and then get referrals, which, you know, can it be be like, take a long time. Go ahead. Can it be sand balls or dirt balls? Because I I don't want to, I I don't like the cold. There's okay. So I'd start rolling a snowball and then I'd go inside. Yeah. Uh, because okay. it's warm there. There. You can't roll a sand ball. I don't know. No, you can't. I'm not going <laughs> to let you have. Okay. I'm out of your superior but experience. Dirt ball. Don't call me that. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, Mark, Mark, Mark Beal is right. You know, you are, <laughs> you know, it's the, it's word of mouth is a, is a great um, tool. It can happen by accident. It can happen with just you making good stuff and treating people right. Yeah, and well, more yeah. people will come to you over time. That is frequently true. Two things are also true: that that's not always true. That won't always happen. Yep. And um, it will absolutely happen slower than if you were actively marketing your business. Um, and you've got to figure out if you have the time and the money. Yes. You to, know what it is. Well, wait for that. Mm-hmm. This is um, the, your sales and marketing plan and your and and referrals and word of mouth business is, um, is it's like carnival games. If you play one game, the chances of you winning are low. If you play, if you go to the carnival and you play a lot of games all night, the kids probably come home with like 10 winning prizes. So you put out more effort, you got more reward. So yeah. we talked about the word of mouth, which is just telling people, you know, boom, that one's no brainer. Um, local outreach is important. Um, so this means uh, we talk about this so much that I almost feel like just telling folks to go listen to those podcasts, yeah, we'll name them, but not too long for the folks who've heard this yeah. um, before, but uh, you join community groups, you join things like uh, chamber of commerce, or you join, uh, you join a local, uh, any type of local club for businesses. If there's a small business club, networking, um, that networking clubs, um, join any of these things, uh, go to meetup.com and see what kind of events there are. Join Facebook groups of people that are in your interest groups, especially if you're looking to do local stuff. Um, talk to people at, uh, if you have kids, their schools, if they have a PTA, participate in that. I mean, being outreaching the local people, meeting more people being connected to more people will help you to, I do this, I do this, yeah. I do this. I yeah. Do this. I, I think, I think the podcast episode calls it active word of mouth. Active. Oh, okay. That right. And that's because that's because we don't want to scare you by saying, go sell things. Yeah. Right. So active word of mouth is just what Mark Vila said. It's going to show it's also putting some embroidery samples to your car in your car. And if you're, um, if your product is best used by uh, local hair salons, it's taking a sample and going visit, going to visit all the local hair salons. Yeah, saying, I can hi, make- my name's Bob. This is what I do. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, and just mention to people, see how it goes. Um, this could be done over the phone. This can be done via email. This can be done in person. This can be done in groups. There's a million different ways to do this. So um, you pick the ones that are right for you. Yep. Um, online sales. Yeah, this this is what most people think that they're going to do. Okay, you know this what a lot of people think they're going to do this. A lot of people think that you know two months after they get their printer 
or embroider machine, that they should have a store online somewhere. They should have a website. Yeah, and, and right? you, so, yeah, you might. You could not, sell not realizing really that it's not just like having an Etsy store or going online um, is like is like building a billboard for your business and not putting it anywhere particular. Okay. All right. Right. Yep. It's like, it's like just putting it on some road. You don't know how many people go there. You're not helping. You're not making people drive by, you know, um, could be no one ever sees your billboard. Right. But, but so, so that is not a box that you can check because you, just because you have a website does not mean you do online sales. There's a lot behind that. Yeah. So you could, um, you might have done some of your product research on Etsy and eBay and found that there wasn't a lot of competition in the niche you were looking at and it sells for something you would want to sell it for. Um, and you're not sure exactly how much sales you can make there, but you see the opportunity. So you put the products on there and yeah. you start playing with what they sell for and see how that reaches out. And there's a lot of people that do this business. And, and then you, as you get into that, you do your research, you know, how do you make your ads better for Etsy? How do you make them better for eBay? You can advertise, um, you can advertise your online store and in tons of places, you know, of course, Google and yeah. social media and things like that. Um, you can uh, sell through Facebook groups and yep. things yep. like that. Um, there was I, a lady I, who did that, um, who sold just, uh, just like child apparel. And it was all in this little Facebook group that she just kept growing and sharing and growing and sharing. And then it was her little business and people yeah. would buy right from there put it up for sale. People would comment sold and then they'd buy it, you know? Yeah. I, I think my, I think my snide remarks are really just designed to illustrate that it's not a, um, that it is an active process, mm -hmm. right? It's not just the idea that you can put up a listing or a page and then wait for the orders to roll in either. You know, you've got to participate. If it's an Etsy store, there are things you have to do to make a great Etsy listing and, and you've got to improve those over, over time. If you want to work on eBay, you know, you've got to write the descriptions a certain way. You know, mm -hmm. you've got to get better at that. You've got to take good pictures. You know, there, there are things that you've got to do no matter what you pick. And I want you to have a realistic idea of what that's like. You know, so if you are relying on a word of mouth, we already said that's, a, that's great, um, but it might be slow and it might not happen at all. Yeah, I mean, and, if you're doing I, a local outreach, um, it's it's hard to make yourself do that. You know, a lot of times you don't feel like spending you know a Saturday morning at a at a coffee or a networking group. It's it's difficult, but you still have to do it because that's how you're you're going to get business. And for online sales, it's not that you can just hire somebody to put up a page for you. There's ongoing efforts that that um, are different than the other two that will contribute to your success. Yeah. So um, that's why it's a plan and not yes. just this is what I'm going to do. It's not just an idea. It's not just an idea. It's a plan of where you're going to go. And one thing that's part of that plan, which was not mentioned um, and so, probably some, falls somewhere in here, but how much do you want to sell? How much do you want to make? Mm, there you go. What's the goal? Because side hustle might say if I'm goal one thousand bucks a month. Yeah. Okay. 500 bucks a month might be goal one. I want to be able to pay for my equipment, make 500 bucks a month, month in my pocket. And that's my start because now I can actually go on vacations. 
because I got 6,000 bucks a year. Right. Yeah. Boom. Like that's the goal. That's goal one. Right. And, and goal um, three might be um, we quit our jobs and move into a bigger house. Right. Um, so yes, he would be disappointed though. Mark. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if you and I are going to be good roommates. We, yes, we will be great. That'll be a bad thing. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, what's the goal on this? Because if you're talking about these numbers and you're talking about selling online and then you say, well, I'm going to try to do this online sales or local sales, but I really am only looking to sell like a uh, hundred hats a month. You know, yeah. and th so then you could say realistically, okay, well now I'm, I need to sell like 15 or, or 20 a month or 25 a week. I'm sorry, um, online. And this is your plan to do it. And you think about where you're going to sell it, how many a week you need to sell, how are you going to do it? Um, these are all things. And there's a lot in there that it's a whole podcast in and of itself. Yeah. So listen and, to the others. Yeah, um, I, I think so too. And and we're going to put, you know, links and, and tons of information in. You're going to have to look at the, at the notes, at the podcast note, podcast notes, um, you can go to customerapparelstartups.com or caspodcasts.com to get um, to get those or to see those. Um, but we've we want to make this less than a four hour podcast. Yeah, so I think we got about ten or fifteen minutes left. We we, we, we do let's to cover. Um, I'm, I'm very I'm very happy though with what we've done so far because you know this is all the upfront work. Notice we haven't said buy a machine. Yeah, so we're we're getting we're getting close to make, taking some action. Okay. The yeah. next thing is, um, we don't really need to get into this, but it needs to be said because the question is, how do you start an embroidery business? Yes, part of that answer is you got to get your administration and your paperwork set and what you're going to do. So, yeah. um, legal stuff, legal stuff. So, how are you going to file your taxes? Do you know how to do it? Do you have an accountant? Do you know somebody who is an accountant? How much I'm going to start call them up. I'm going to start an embroidery business. I'm probably going to make like 6,000 bucks a year. Um, I know I'm going to need to do some taxes. What's that cost to do? Yeah. Oh yeah. We do the whole thing 300 bucks. Okay, cool. I can do that. You know, things like that. Um, uh, then you just consider, make a checklist of everything you, you know, you're going to need. Okay. I'm going to need to file for with the state that I have a business. I'm going to go ahead and want to get a business bank account. I'm going to want to get an accountant. Um, I'm going to want to find out, um, who an attorney is that I might be able to contact if I have questions about how to do things legally, you know, things like that. So you do some yeah. administration planning. It doesn't mean you book or buy these things yet. Just know the direction you're going to go. Yeah. SBA.S as is in Sam, B as in Bob, A as in Adam. Dot gov is a great place to go and get checklists and things like that. For, and you know, what's cool. Paper. Yeah. You know, what's great about this is if you join like your SBA or another group like this, that has these people in it, not only can you get these answers, qu these questions answered now and over time, but these are some of the same folks that you're going to be able to sell and market to. So if you join this small business association and you go to these meetings and you meet people who do taxes and banking and legal stuff, these are also people you can tell that I do custom That's embroidery. Great. That's great. <laughs> you know? That's a great so it, it, that. it's very cool that you can sell to these people that will help you as well. Um, maybe you'll barter and you'll just right. make monogrammed hats for them in exchange for doing taxes. I like that. So the, <laughs> and speaking of monogrammed hats, the next thing that we, that you need to line up is the art creation. Who mm -hmm. is going to be the artist and who's going to be the digitizer? Mm -hmm. So if you didn't know, um, you cannot mm -hmm. take a photo and feed it to your embroidery machine and have it sew that out. There's a process in the middle to get the file ready 
for mm. your embroidery machine that's called digitizing. So you've got to kind of figure out who's the artist and who's going to turn mm. it into an embroidery file. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that that's great. You. That can be you, but you've got to realize that if you're not already doing those things, um, you know, <laughs> if you're not an artist now, just because you get software like Photoshop or Illustrator or something doesn't mean you're going to be a good artist. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a big learning curve. And if you um, you get the software with your Avance machine that lets you digitize files yourself, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good right away at that either. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to decide here, you know, are you going to um, get art done for you um, and digitizing done for you, which I would suggest in the beginning anyway, or are you going to struggle through and figure it out yourself? Yeah. And you balance it too, you know, and then, and then the last question is if you can do it, should you do it? Is there something you're better at? If you're a really good salesperson and you're really good at all that administrative work and all that stuff, maybe you don't do any, maybe you don't want to mess with the art because you're really good at other stuff. So um, now if you, um, if you talk to somebody at cold and you ask them some questions and you talk about doing the art and the digitizing, they're going to say, we have a, a cold graphics service where we offer digitizing and uh, um, a lot of times you can get some free ones to start with your machine, you know? So, so you can get started with some stuff done for free, you know? Um, And uh, so that's, it's, it is something you consider and how are you going to get that done? And it's also something to consider that you can get it done per job. So you don't have to go and buy your art first and get it done. If you're doing custom stuff, you talk to the hair salon, then they're going to give you a job. Then you get the art done. Then you make the shirt. Then you give them, and then you take the money. Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> and that's and that's why we started coldse-graphics.com. Mm-hmm. Is because people need that. Yeah. And your time is better off um, drumming up business or doing the work. Yeah. And when you have the art done, right? Um, you got to put it on stuff. So there's uh, a bit of research and thoughts to be done there. Um, what type of stuff are you going to embroider hats, mm-hmm. shirts, bags? Um, where are you going to buy them from? Um, uh, what is the process of buying from that company? Can you buy one in small doses? Do you have to buy a lots of them? Is do that you need a reseller's license? Do you need, yeah. Do you need a reseller's license? Um, where is, um, uh, what, how do, what, which one aligns with your business best? Because just because you find somewhere that sells hats doesn't mean it's the kind of hats you want to sell, or it doesn't mean that it's the quantity you want to sell. Or, or you could just, or you could just you go to ColemanandCompany.com, yeah, and buy all your blanks there. You could, you could do that, um, and you get great pricing. You get a good selection, and it's the same stuff that our other customers embroider on. Yep. Yeah. You know, so there's, yeah. so it's there's there's wonderful opportunity to be able to get started right there um, on Coleman and company from, and we've got the hats and shirts and bags and all that stuff. We had new apparel and blank stuff of every few weeks, really, you know, by the thousands, going, by the thousands, <laughs> by the thousands, yeah, by the thousands. Um, we're, we'll probably have another five to 10,000 different SKU numbers added um, from the 30 days from when this podcast stairs. Yeah. There and you if go. you're listening to this in like five years in the future, we have that change. Yes. And it's already happened that event. Yes. So you're going to, you're going to have to go back. So, so you should go there now. And there's, hopefully- I think that's like three years after we buy Amazon. <laughs> I think that's, that's the plan anyway. The plan. 
Okay. Um, so the, and then the next, the next part, after you've done all of this and I find I'm laughing myself that this right. is the last thing on the list yeah. or, or close to the last thing is what kind of embroidery machine do you need? Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you right away, you do not need a single needle home machine. If you want to be in business, you're going to need a commercial embroidery machine. And there are a lot of good one out, good ones out there. We're going to put a link to avance-emb.com in there because um, we've, we've got the, the two best commercial embroidery machines support and service, which you've got to think about um, in the business. And the people at Cold Essie actually care about whether or not you make it or not. Um, so um, I hope you'll check those out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and this is uh this is the time now you uh and it's nice if you've done a little bit of this work that we talked about ahead of time. And by the way, all that work that we talked about, you could do that like in a weekend. Yeah, you could. You know, <laughs> like you, you just not this isn't or this isn't anything you have to spend or 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 in the time it took us to record this podcast. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm gonna Maybe say not. between that. Um, so don't spend a ton of time on it when, if you need to sleep on some thoughts, sleep on some thoughts, but yeah. this is all stuff you do in a short period of time. Then you talk to the cold SE sale, uh, sales representative, uh, uh, an advanced embroidery pro, um, and you start talking to them about some of the things you were just thinking about. I thought about the hats. I was wondering about the time I saw they cost this much here. Um, do you know, can it embroider this type of thing? Um, do I need any special attachments or any special machine to be able to embroider? That's good because you, you may you may need like a heavy duty magnetic hoop, or you may need something that's specifically to do dog leashes or yeah, karate or belts. Yeah, um, you may be concerned about hooping, so you need that. You'll definitely going to need training, and you're going to need tech support. So um, when you choose equipment, you want to make sure that you're dealing with a company that can support you and all. Yep, that's that's right. very very important because then, uh, embroidery is like um, what is it? It's like learn. It is like learning to cook, maybe. Okay. Um, there are some things that you could do that are pretty darn easy and make it look easy, and then you can try to make hollandaise sauce, you know, or a souffle which requires levels of skill that stack up on top of each other. Um, and I think embroidery is a bit like that. So I will say that if you're listening to this and you can bake really well or cook really well, you can embroider really well too. But consider some of the time and practice it took to be able to, to learn how to cook that well. Yeah. Things wasn't like that. There, right. Yes. It wasn't two and, weeks. Yes, it wasn't two weeks. And also um, there's not, um, there are a lot of embroidery videos out there, but not nearly the same as there is for cooking and stuff, right? Um, yeah. So having somebody there um, to walk you through that gives you some additional strengths over the person who tries to buy an embroidery machine with no training and just says, how hard could it be? Yeah. How hard, how, how hard could it be to make a souffle? I can make a grilled cheese. Yeah. Oh no, the, <laughs> it, it's this hard. Go into your local sewing center and, and tell them you've got to do 25 structured caps and see if they have, see if they understand any of the words that you just said. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, right so, there. okay. So the last, the last thing um, that you want to do after you've done all this stuff is go back and run your numbers again. So how does how does all this work out? Are you financing an embroidery machine, which is just a you know a couple of three hundred bucks a month? It's ridiculously inexpensive. 
Um, but you're, you know, you've got, maybe you've got finance payments or you're going to use cash for that. Um, you've got to think about the taxes that you're going to need to pay. Um, you're going to think about, you know, funding your supplies. You know, you're, are you going to buy blanks? Or are you going to store them? You know, what's the shipping time on all that? Is your, when you look at everything that you've gone through, go back and do those profitability calculations again. You know, with all of these things in mind, um, is it still a good deal? Is it still a good idea? Well, the, and yeah, do I need to go back to the beginning again and make any changes? And you fix it. And so what I would say is um, uh, a classic example of it is you start breaking it down. I'm going to sell local. I'm going to sell online. I'm going to get a website and advertise. Um, but I'm going to also join some of these clubs and events. And I'm going to sell this and this. And you go down to the bottom and you do all the math. And you're like, gosh, my, my business costs are expensive. I'm going to have to sell more hats than I thought I was going to have to. So as right, you right. go back, you can say... Do I need the website yet? And and you might okay. say, I might not need that to get going. Right. Well, that's just a huge chunk of cost you just removed, right? right. Um, well, I was going to join like these eight groups and the dues were like $3,000 a year. Do I need all eight? You know, right. so sometimes you can get like really deep into your ideas and get in your own head about all of the things you could do. So even though you have a hundred ideas, you may only need um two, 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 and two, eight to get your business going. So start like start putting things into buckets of um dream next year, start sure. off. Yeah. Right. So I would say if you're just getting started, a great thing you can do if you're if you're on this is I'm going to start by doing all local word of mouth stuff. I want to grow into having, um, into selling online through some Facebook groups and maybe Etsy or eBay or something like that. And then I want to next year, I want to have my own website where I'm doing social media marketing. I like that kind of an idea. It can, okay. and it could be the other way. I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Way, you know, but, but in the, in the end, you know, these are the, and this this is this is how it will end up. Yeah. In in the end, what do you want to sell or make? Mm -hmm. Who are the customer? Who are your customers going to be? What can be the price of the product? How much money can you make doing that, including by the hour? Okay. Um, what kind of sales and marketing approaches are you going to use to make the phone ring or the orders come in? Do you have all of your paperwork, your supplies, your administration taken care of? And when you do all that, what are what's the potential for you to make money at the end of the year? And um, and then the next step is just to start pulling the trigger, right? Yeah. Start start getting things rolling. Don't I want you to go through all this stuff and be careful with it, and you know take your time if you need it. But I don't want you to replay this episode a year later and realize that you haven't done anything. You never yeah, started a business. Yeah. The reason why I mentioned about that, um, you know, now, next month, next year, five years from now thought is um, what can happen is, and I know um, I have some, I have a, a couple of friends um, that, that own a business and they struggled with this for many, many, many years was one of them, um, was do it right away. And the other was planned to death. And they always got stuck. Right. That's good. Because 
why am I going to do it if I'm not going to have a website and I'm not going to yeah. join all the groups? If I'm not going to do it all the way, why am I going to do it all? And the other buddy's like, why are you planning any of that? Just let's, let's go out in the street and sell it. And eventually yeah. they kind of got to the middle and said, well, why am I going to do it if I'm not going to do it right? I'm still, you're still doing it right. If you just have an embroidery machine and a cell phone, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, you're yeah, still yeah. doing it. You're not doing anything wrong there. You're, you're still doing it right. If you've got, uh, if you're advertising on Instagram and you have a website and an embroidery machine and you don't answer any phone calls, you're still doing it right. You're doing it right. If you're making money. Yeah. Um, so, so part of this exercise is finding some of the things, learning what to do, and then don't let, don't do that thing where you're trying to make it so perfect that you never, ever do it at all. So once you find a formula that you think you can make it work, the risk is not ridiculous. You're not investing a, a million dollars into this, you know, um, you're talking about, um, a, a reasonably small investments to start your to investment, to start your own business. You've got a, a decent plan in place. You're way ahead. So many other people who are trying to start little businesses and side gigs do it. Yeah. Good. You know? Good. I like that. Um, okay. And we're going to leave you to do that. This has been uh, Mark Stevenson from Coldesi. And this is Mark Vila. And I'm a Sam from Coleman and Company today. And oh, just okay. to mention that ColemanandCompany.com is our e-commerce store where uh, we sell all different types of blanks and uh, materials to decorate things and equipment. So embroidery supplies. We've got embroidery supplies, we've got vinyl supplies. Um, if you have a little hobby cricket machine, we, we, we sell vinyl you can use in there. If you've got a cutter that's a little bit larger that you've been and you ran into this because you were thinking about stepping up your business, we sell tons of vinyl supplies. We sell blank t-shirts and hats and bags and totes and all that stuff. We've got a ton of stuff. Um, we're, we're getting ready to tip over 100,000 different items on the store. <laughs> So there's a lot of options, a lot of great things. Um, so check it out. All right. Hey, you guys have a great business.